You are listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as the other show I do, How to Stan, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com and subscribe to my newsletter at howtostan.substack.com. K-pop interviews, album reviews, and more. Subscribing is free, but if you want to continue to support my work, feel free to donate. Click the support the show button on the homepage at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Hello everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. And welcome back to another episode about the best new releases of the month. In the worlds of C-pop, K-pop, and J-pop. Usual caveat applies. Please know that I blend my subjective and objective rankings and put a lot of thought into both the ranking and the finalists for these episodes. So I'm not trying to come for your faves or whatever. Sorry if they didn't make the cut. I literally listen to hundreds of new releases every month. Only 20 slots, so my apologies if your fave didn't make the cut. Please understand, there's a lot to sift through. And stay tuned for the end of the episode, because maybe your fave gets a shout-out in the Honorable Mentions segment. With that in mind, let's start the countdown. Here is number 20. Boy Story with I equals you equals we you. This J-pop group is adorable, and their songs have so many fun, not onomatopoeia moments, but they have the feel of onomatopoeia. Zoom, 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 la la la, etc. And their songs kind of mix several songs together, take unexpected directions in the bridges. It's like each song is two songs in one, just very busy, fun pop songs. It's just a very cute delivery from a cute band. Number 19. Chan Mina with Harenchi. There's a very cool improv-like feel to this instrumental. Just a very interesting, playful, unpredictable guitar and piano playing. Gives it an old-school vibe I like. And also unpredictable is the vocal delivery, because for different parts of the song, she kind of changes up how her voice sounds, and it corresponds with the music video well. So it's like she played a bunch of different personas in each part of the music video, and kept that same energy and versatility in the song itself. Really catchy, and she really just showed her dimensions as a performer with it. Number 18. Ace with Changer Eris and the Changer music video. Due to required military time, it will be quite a long time before fans get to see the whole group back together again. This send-off of sorts is a properly emotional love letter of sorts. It's got the fan favorite Cactus getting a remix and an English release. It has some touching slow songs and it has the new peppy Changer in a corresponding music video that incorporates a ton of actual tweets fans have sent them. That is such a cute idea. That is such a cool way to show appreciation for fans. I cannot think of a better goodbye for now message. Really, they've always been such a humble group who stands out in my mind for how much they interact with and have a true special bond with fans. I think the biggest strength of this release is its lack of flashy, super in-your-face songs. It's stripped back for a reason, which makes it more emotionally powerful. Number 17. Naunje with Drama. If you've listened to past Best of the Month Roundup episodes, you know I really hold the company The Faker Club in such high regards. 
One other artist from 20 I've been raving about since day one. Really unique thing he has going for him. And the company in general has this great philosophy. The Faker Club is ironically titled. They embody these feelings of youth and authenticity. They tell really relatable stories, yet their artists also tell those relatable stories in ways that are simultaneously personal and universal. And this impressive feat is once again delivered thanks to this new single off of an upcoming EP that I am now very psyched for. If you're a fan of Sean, especially his song Way Back Home, check out Drama. It has a similar vibe with the instantly catchy guitar hook you'll be left whistling on to all day. It's really a strong debut release. Number 16. BTS and Coldplay's collaboration, My Universe. First of all, this is just the coolest collaboration in the world, coolest on the planet, or coolest in the universe. I'll see myself out for the puns. But wow, to have a group as massively influential and legendary as Coldplay, and a group as massively influential and legendary as BTS, not just team up in a phoned-in way, in a I'm doing this because my PR people told me to way, but in an authentic I respect you as an artist way. With the behind the scenes video about how the song came together, you truly see how they worked on the song as a true collaboration in every meaning of the word. They merged their sounds, they merged their messages, their values, and created something beautiful out of it. The song just stays very true to Coldplay and very true to BTS. A very impressive feat indeed. And I just want to hype up anytime BTS collaborates with, again, an artist who truly respects them and wants to work with them, hands-on actually wants to work on making the magic. Not wants to for the clout, but for the right reasons. That's what this is at its core. It's a collaboration with artists in this for the right reasons. They get and use the power of music as a universal uniting tool. A message reinforced by the very out-of-this-world, literally, dystopian music video that starts with these words on the screen. Quote, Once upon a time, many years from now, music is forbidden across the spears. On three different planets, Three different bands defy the ban. DJ Lafrique, on her alien radio ship, unites them via Holoband. All the while, they are hunted by their silencers. Dot, dot, dot. That sets up the scene for you. Holograms, a master DJ puppeteer controlling it, refusing to stop the music. Just go check out the video and see for yourself. I honestly didn't think we would get a video period for this because of COVID, logistics, etc. But it was such a delight to get a video. And it's so refreshing that they found a way to make physical distance a non-issue. There are so many collaborations where during COVID, the music video has been filmed with different people not actually in the same location. And you can kind of see that. But here, viewers are none the wiser about if they were in the same room or not because the whole concept is they zap in and out as holograms. Just a nice, refreshing, clever way to incorporate their message about music being the powerful force to get rid of any barriers because they got rid of the logistical barriers here too. Number 15. BB with her new single and music video, Pado. This music video, honestly, at first I was just 
thinking in isolation, this video is whack. But also then, you've got to take into account BB's whole discography, because this is just what she does. Like with Eat My Love, Life as a Buy, Casino, Birthday Cake, she's just always very quirky with her music videos and takes on some really interesting fictional personas. So this new singles video is basically just instant canon. It follows the story of Bibi, a mermaid who washes up on the shore. Long story short, there's a lot of up to interpretation aspects of it. Like, hey, did she really grow legs at one point or was that her fantasizing about being freed from her tail? Did she really just get dumped by that dude at the end? Or was he just feeling like he had to let her go to be one with the ocean again? Was her crush really in the fish tank with her at that one point? Or was that a dream or a visualization? Did he actually love her or was he just going to cook her tail? Look, there's a lot to process. But when you're done re-watching it several times and you think you get what's going on, then you'll be left with the song stuck in your head still, thinking well done, because the song itself is a breath of fresh air, lots of unexpected switch-ups with her vocal delivery throughout it. It's more than just your standard pop song. Number 14, Itzy, with their new album, Crazy In Love, and their new music video, Loco. This is such an Itzy release in the best way. Super jam-packed, super fast-paced, so much to look at, so many bright colors and giant settings. The girls confidently wear a rainbow of outfits, dance around outside of a billboard. There are some moments that I would love elaboration on, like the giant tank, but it's very eye-catching for sure. And given that the song is called Loco, I guess the absurdities in the video actually are not out of place. Anyway, it is another unapologetic, confident, colorful, just downright fun release from them. And the best B-side is definitely Boombox. Number 13, Goopy, with his new single, Teenage. What a jam, a guitar-driven jam that really just has the perfect video to go with it. A montage of memories of youth. And I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I just think it's the cherry on top that the video ends and the instrumental ends so abruptly. Quite symbolic of no longer being a teenager and how adulthood hits you with a slap in the face really abruptly comes at you fast. The bridge is also super sing-along ready, live in concert performance, chant ready, very exciting. Number 12, Han Johan with his self-titled album. If you've been looking for just new music, something that sounds really new, and maybe just eclectic, don't know if you even like it, but you want to check it out, this album is for you. It may take a while to warm up to it, but if you give it a chance, multiple chances, it, it pays off. I'm Not Okay is a standout b-side for sure. The super fast rap songs are so intense and wonderful, like you, Ekropovic, and From Today. Really intense. He definitely gives me Ravi and even a little bit of G-Dragon vibes. Number 11, Wusun with Dimples. I was very surprised, but not in a bad way, that Wusun of the band The Rose went the synth pop route instead of the usual rock vibe of The Rose. 
And the one thing that I would worry about when it comes to Wusun switching genres for his solo stuff is that it would result in the end of his classic, iconic, rock music-ready parts where his voice breaks. That warble in his voice is just so iconic and irreplaceable. So I was just overjoyed that that trademark vocal delivery remains. The video is very, long story short, one of a kind. Seems like he's getting trapped in this girl's spell. There's an underwater car. He's left stranded on a road. There's a lot to take in. Not even to mention his flashy wardrobe, which is so stunning. The silver shirt he wears, his metallic manicure. He pulls off some incredible outfits. Number 10. Lisa from Blackpink with La Lisa. Before anyone says, why do you specify Lisa from Blackpink, it's because there's a famous J-Rock artist I love who goes by Lisa. So I don't know how they want to trademark the stage name. I guess they can do that because in this case it's L-I-S-A all capitalized. And J-Pop star Lisa, her name is all caps except a lowercase i. But anyway, feel free to let me know how many outfit changes you count in this video. Because I counted like 13 or 14. I can't figure out if her fringe outfit is just one outfit or if the sparkly black fringe outfit in the early half of the video is different from the less sparkly looking fringe outfit in the latter half of the video. But anyway, it's over a dozen outfits. Her hair color keeps changing, the settings keep changing. It's like they said, Lisa, what do you want to do for your solo debut concept? And she just answered, yes. The songs are very hip-hop, which I love for her because she's definitely doing her own thing, very distinct from Blackpink's sound. And I think this release deserves more praise when you know the backstory, because long story short, Lisa's from Thailand, has dealt with a lot of xenophobic comments and backlash for being in a K-pop group at all. But in this release, she's really embracing her roots, incorporating both her Thai heritage into this and lyrics about being unapologetically herself and being here to stay. Really just a perfect way to let haters know that she's not going anywhere and came out stronger from your insults. I also love that she embraces her name with La Lisa because it's not just not coming up with a song title name or whatever. It has a deeper purpose to name her debut La Lisa because that also is a nod to her Thai heritage. Because in Thailand, it's actually not uncommon to change your name to symbolize some sort of good fortune when you need luck. And after Lisa saw a fortune teller who suggested good things would come to her if she changed her name, she changed it to La Lisa. Next thing you know, YG Entertainment finally reached back out about her audition tape. One more little story. She said for this release she wanted to invoke the feeling and the inspiration of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. And honestly, that suddenly makes me think about every Blackpink video in a different light. It makes sense more. The incredibly, seemingly random settings and props in Blackpink videos, it's just an image of this over-the-top wonderland, chocolate factory, fantasy world. Definitely makes that quirkiness feel more intentional, and therefore worth celebrating. Number 9. AT's Zero Fever Part 3. This is a comeback we will definitely have to dissect the Easter eggs from on a future episode of the show, and you can get caught up to speed, shameless plug, with the episode called 80s is Wonderland. 
But I will say for now, please pay attention to the fact that the blue butterfly symbol is back. The setting from the Say My Name era seems to be back. The hourglass seems like a key symbol that's back. And the fact the alter egos with the big cowboy hats, their alter egos are now on display in these boxes. Like they've trapped their alter egos and are now basically celebrating their victory by parading back through the setting where they had previously been confronting and battling those alter egos. But they've become victors much more in their story since fireworks. That's my working theory right now. The other notable thing about this release is that I do think their strongest releases have the half and half. So like last time with fireworks, but then other videos were out for Celebrate and Time of Love. The eras where they have a video promoted for the song that ties into their darker, more cinematic music video universe. And then they decide to release a video for a song, like in this case, Eternal Sunshine, that is just bright and fun and not meant to be decoded. So it's a release for everyone, for the super sleuths and for those who don't want to think too much and just enjoy light and fun pop music. Number eight, Purple Kiss with the album Hide and Seek and especially this awesome new music video, Zombie. If you just take this release at its thumbnail, if you judge this album by its cover, insert similar metaphors here, I think you'll be missing out. This release really stands out to me. So on its face it looks like, oh great, another girl group this year, joining the trend of wearing Clueless-esque outfits, that preppy schoolgirl look. And to others it might seem like, great, another generic spooky Halloween comeback. But no, this truly, this video and album is something else. Watching the video was so refreshing because yes, it has this zombie concept that we've seen over and over again in K-pop, even just this year with Golden Child and Sunmi, but they mix things up completely. Because in those other contexts, the zombies are so feared, the perpetrators of all sorts of bad stuff, signs of an apocalypse. But here, the girls themselves seem to relate to the zombies if they aren't zombies themselves, and basically just party with the undead. It's a very refreshing twist to a theme that could come across as generic if they didn't try to mix things up like they did. I also think it's a really cool mix for second-gen K-pop fans and fourth-gen ones. For K-pop fans who have been fans long enough to revel in the wonderful oddities of Chinese married to the music era, Adai era, etc. And people who are into the newer rookie groups who have been on this trend of wearing those clueless-esque preppy outfits. So I'm just saying aesthetically and plot-wise, this comeback from Purple Kiss takes trends from different eras in K-pop, combines them in a new way, and totally makes it their own. I would also like to point out that the ending of their banquet of sorts where brains were the main course features the girls basically running a kind of doggy bag over to this one guy. It's it's a really funny unexpected ending. Not really an ending at all. There's a lot. There's a lot left to pick up where they left off next comeback. Number 7. Pan the Pack, the new Mando Pop quartet from Team Wayne with their debut album The Pack. First of all, the music on the album goes off. Transmit is it. You can't spell transmit without it because that song is it. 
The R&B influence song to many is a good one. Also super notable is Wishlist, which brings back quite an early aughts slash late 90s hip-hop feel. It's a mix of pop and rap and R&B influences, mostly hip-hop, but all in all quite a fun mix of sounds and sights. With super quirky music videos, I definitely can picture this mascot of theirs, this Baymax-style character, this robot-panda combo that they cooked up in a lab in the video for Buzz and then took out to a party scene basically in the video for Pull Up. I can picture that robot-panda on a ton of merch in the future getting his own animated TV show. I mean, aside from being a cute concept, it is really marketing gold. Number six, him family with Moonlight in the City. Not gonna lie, the first time I watched this video, I was so emotionally invested and immersed in it, I felt like I was watching the season finale of a favorite show where you're finding out the future of all these beloved characters and you're getting super worked up over what directions their characters are going in. I definitely felt that emotional pull with this video. And the fact it's a beautiful song makes it all the more touching and a sob fest. Long story short, it takes on the role of a short film in a way. And the premise is based on this husband and wife who are running a restaurant, struggling to keep the business afloat amid the pandemic. There's a lot of fighting and bickering back and forth, so the relationship goes from super sweet and sunny to anything but. But in the end, don't worry, they're back together, it's a beautiful happy ending. The last words are welcome home, it's wonderful. And honestly, you'll see the plot is not super original, but I think what makes it so special is all the subtleties. Not the broad premise, but the actual just minute details, the acting, the glances, the body language, the little things. They resonate so much for people. Like the moment where she's at the checkout counter and the cashier asks, Are, is anyone with you today? Like they would, just to see if the next person in line is with you or not. And just the look that crosses over her face when he says that and she says, for the first time, no, I'm alone. Or when she finally gets a customer who thanks her for the food and then gives her a little something as an extra thank you, a sweet saying I hope you have a blessed new year and celebrate with those you love. And that look on her face again. Those moments are just, they hit you real hard. So, beautiful job. Number five, Dohansei from Victon with his solo debut, Blaze. To say that he exceeded my expectations here is not exactly the right way to put it, just because I didn't have any expectations, good or bad. Frankly, I just had no idea what to expect, what he was going to do, what persona he was going to have. So I was just so blown away by this TakeOver music video and the whole album. I mean, he's really in his element. He's really killing it as a rapper, on his own, uninterrupted. He just really went off, and we love to see it. A very fun and flashy wardrobe, intriguing visuals. The music video is can't miss material. My prediction is that the fan favorite track on the album will be Public Enemy, but we'll see. I think the flute in Slash will also be a highlight for fans. Number four. Lehigh with her new album, For Only. First of all, we all know she can just sing the phone book and entertain us. What a unique and beautiful voice. 
but also I was particularly won over by this release because of its music videos. I love when music videos tell a little story, like many movies. One, Red Lipstick, tells a story basically creating an impromptu party in an elevator, and then one in a tiny bedroom. Aside from the claustrophobia-inducingness of it all, well done. Then there's the mini-movie HSKT, aka Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes. Her acting in that video really makes it stand out to me because it is so possibly accidentally funny how what seems like a premise that's really cute and about school-age love also has this iciness about it because her character is so monotone and blank-faced during otherwise sweet potentials for encounters. It's quite an ironic, funny video. Lastly, I love Savior. Such a pretty song, and the video is really intriguing, and it feels like there are a lot of layers to its story. Willie High's character keeps flashing back to memories of her as a little kid and her savior, who in this video is played by B.I., basically lent her what she needs. A helping hand, an umbrella, a tissue, whatever. They reunite as they're older in the present day, and she continues to flash back and remember the times he was there for her. But suddenly he can't look out for her the same way he used to, and she remembers the times he wasn't there for her. And then it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns. Without giving away the ending, it's just a really cute, charming ending where she kind of has to learn both that yes, he will always be there for her still, but also there are some issues that she's gonna have to learn how to face alone, and he will get down in the mud with her to help her face that stuff, and they can laugh together as they go through bad times, but there are some bad times she has to realize she will have to learn to navigate on her own. A really layered story she tells in such a short period of time. Really impressive. Number three. Key. With bad love. This comeback from him is extra exciting for long-term fans now, in hindsight. So much of my appreciation for bad love comes from hindsight. Because at the time, when Face came out, I was just feeling like he did a great job and he was going to continue dabbling in all of those areas. He was going to have the moodier songs like One of Those Nights, and he was going to have the lighter, colorful concepts like I Wanna Be, Forever Yours. But now in hindsight, Bad Love is so cohesive that his first project as a soloist feels, frankly, scattered by comparison. Like, he was really trying to find his footing, his creative path, and now he has solidified it. He knows where his musical direction thrives the most. He's really just steered himself into a specific musical persona and sound that I love for him. This very 80s synth-heavy sound, his vocal range, his platinum blonde hair, I mean, from the outfits to the sounds, everything about this comeback is more consistent than last time, which suits him and really makes it seem like he's really thriving now, figuring out who he is as a soloist, which took some time. But boy, was it worth the wait. Especially if you listen to my episodes about Taman, Shiny, and others diving into the lore of the SM Entertainment cinematic universe. 
because this bad love video really furthers my points there about the movie cameras you see in the background, him facing a clone of himself, the alien hunting, he's definitely wherever Exo's characters were in the power video, and two huge connections I really hope you noticed if you're an SMCU enthusiast as I am. One is that he has these scenes where he's on a talk show. Definitely reminds me of Baekhyun's Get You Alone video. Feel like that was an early teaser for Bad Love. There's a connection there. Another connection I see with settings, remember that EXO members for the Don't Fight the Feeling era were staring at their TV watching themselves in contrast to when they were fighting an alien or robot, whatever that was, in the power video. So EXO members were watching them team up to defeat a creature in space, and now Key ends the Bad Love video where we see he's been watching himself on TV as well, doing the alien hunting. So I definitely see connections to those stories as well. More connections I've spotted to other SMCU elements I'll break down in future episodes, but all to say, this is a super exciting release. For those who have both been eagerly following Key's solo career and those who have been following the SMCU plot for some time now, this is such a satisfying release in both ways. Number two. The J-Rock icon, Miyavi, with his excellent new album, Imaginary. It very much continues in the vein of one of my picks for best albums of 2020, Unholy Nights. He continues to deliver. He's just got such a unique twist on the electric guitar and making rock music in general. Really just innovative. And you can just picture how epic his live shows are going to be this fall on tour, with this album being performed live. It was meant to be performed live. During one of his shows coming up, I really hope, because this is a North American tour, logistically it probably won't happen, but I can dream. I would love to see Kane Daniel come out on stage and perform their collab on this, Hush Hush. That's such a good song. Other songs in the album I want to point out, if you're a fan of anime music, Are You With Me is a song you might dig. And if you're a classic rock fan, slash agree with me that truly one of the most well-made best songs ever to exist is Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, you've got to check out his impeccable cover of that song. What a hard undertaking to try to copy such a masterpiece, and yet he did, and it doesn't sound like a lame ripoff. He kept the essence of what makes the original great into a brand new version, just standing ovation worthy. Drum roll please for number one. You guessed it, wow, I am so shocked and impressed that you did. It's NCT 127's new album sticker, which I've dedicated several episodes of the show to dissecting, as well as two essays on my site. One, a music critic perspective, more objective review of it, and the other, a personal essay about how impactful their music is on my life as escapism, as a coping mechanism. It's my go-to. Them in 17, but you knew that. Therefore, I am not going to spend more time re-emphasizing what I already wrote about at howtostand.substack.com, as well as what I've discussed on the NCT Talk episodes of this show. You already know how much I adore the album and why. If you need more of an NCT fix, check out more fangirling on future NCT Talk episodes 
and surely future editions of my free newsletter as well. Let's move on to my honorable mentions, shall we? The Rampage, an Exile Tribe subunit with Stampede. First of all, they play off each other well. Second of all, this is such a K-pop instrumental. This is a J-pop group, but definitely K-pop boy band stands should check out The Rampage. And this song is really just so catchy and has the kind of layered, quirky instrumental we love. The sounds of water, pots and pans maybe, stomping, synths. It's quite the collection of sounds, but it all works together. I could totally picture a live crowd clapping and stomping in sync with the song. It's understandable, but still disappointing, frankly, just from an objective music quality perspective that Ryan Jun's work on a handful of singles for this Maxis project, as it's called, is now put on hold. After some crude remarks, he said, were met with a ton of blowback, he decided to temporarily halt all activities. But the first two additions to his Maxis project of singles, I thought were just really high quality. Not gonna lie, I really love them. Of course, because the first one was with NCTU, with Maniac. But this latest one I'm shouting out is Not Friends by Luna. I always do prefer Luna's bright and cutesy concepts, as opposed to when they try to look a lot edgier, it just doesn't work for me as much. But in this case, I like what they did with the darker concept, turning it into a whole action movie of sorts, and I just love how they made it very Luna. They personalized this kind of unofficial Luna release, like a side project. They made sure to keep Luna's spirit intact just for this side project that they didn't really promote much. They added stunning visuals reminiscent of those from Luna videos of outer space, the flowers, the blue butterfly, a full moon. They added Lunaverse symbols and just concepts to Ryan's project. I just love that what I think happened was Ryan came to them with this darker concept and they decided, fine, we'll do it, but we're going to make it our own. And they managed to do that. And I love that. Again, hashtag Stan Luna and hashtag Save Luna. Speaking of iconic girl groups, J-pop icons Perfume are back. Polygon Wave is a single that came out before September, but now it's given a full EP. So that piece of cyberpop perfection that is the song Polygon Wave gets its due time in the spotlight. Belatedly, but still. It gets the remix, instrumental, and different versions that it deserves and a new music video as well that is very odd and metaverse-related. That's all I'll say. You're always left feeling intrigued by a perfume release. The new EP also includes two other songs too, so very exciting. Speaking of J-pop groups, Magic Hour, spelled Magic O-U-R, one word, is back with the retro single Wanna Gonna, it's a fun, colorful video and concept, and a great tune for fans of Lady by EXID, as well as Uh Oh by G-Idol. AB6 has a new album out, Mo Complete, and the title track, Cherry, is delightful. It is so cute. It's such a cute video. Their outfits, the pastel aesthetics, the sing-along nature of it, it just lends itself to dance-alongs and sing-alongs. Pun intended, it's a treat. The perfect pick-me-up. A very sweet release. I definitely also think 
this title track is such a winner for fellow Dehui biased people. One more thing I want to say about this release is that if the close era of theirs really was your jam, Simple Lover will probably be your favorite B-side. One boy band I expect big things from in the future, the group Rain put together, Cypher. They're a very cute, useful boy band, but they also seem wise beyond their years in a way. They're already very hands-on and experienced, which a lot of K-pop stars do not get with their work to their extent of composing, producing, writing, etc. so early in their career. But they've taken the wheel from the gecko, plus they have a rain stamp of approval, they're bound for big things. And actually every track on this debut EP includes the members in the credits of songwriters and composers. Each song has an interesting, distinct vibe from the other, and I would say the most unique track, worth your time, is Joker. The bongos, the rapping, it's just really fun and unexpected. I honestly was very back and forth about if I wanted to include Hyuna and Doan's new duo album on here. It's called One Plus One Equals One, because I'm torn objectively about it. Subjectively, I think they did a nice job. Objectively, there's a lot going on, visually, auditorily, and a lot of the times I love that, but you gotta do it tastefully. And subjectively, I'm tempted to say they did, but as an objective music critic, that side of my brain doesn't know what to think. It's just a lot to process. The ping pong music video throws every color at you at once, and I'm still processing how to feel about it. All the colors, all the over-the-top accessories, props. Because the thing is, though, Hyuna, on her own, is so campy, fun, giving it 110%, loud and out there. She's the Lisa Frank of K-pop. Then you have Don, who's also quite out there with his image. He had kind of a reminiscent of Edward Scissorhands look going on for his Don Diddy Don era. So both of them on their own are such bold, commanding presences that I can't decide if when they come together, it just makes for a fantastic explosion of energy and color and sound, or if it's a mess. I don't even know. I've been processing it. But the bottom line is they're cute together, and I'm glad they finally got to officially release a joint project like this. They can just continue to be cute publicly, out in the open about their relationship, and that they both didn't feel the need in this relationship to sacrifice their level of boldness and creativity to balance out the others. That's really why I'm torn, because I think objectively, there's something to praise with a yin and yang effect. When someone on a collaboration balances out the other person because one's more timid, one's louder, one's more in muted colors, one is like a rainbow, that kind of balance. But when both of them give 110% and are very loud and in your face about it, does that combine for something greater? Is bigger better in that case? Then that's giving 220%. Is that way too much to handle? That's what I've been debating with myself. Anyway, speaking of possibly too much to handle, I'm very split about if I like Modson's remix of Love Song by TXT. Because I do think he is the perfect person for it. The angst in his voice is perfect for the theme of the song. But to be totally honest, I'm not a fan of his voice at all. 
on a different track by himself, I don't think I would like that at all. But in this specific case, it kind of feels perfect for the extremely emotional, angst-ridden nature of this specific song. Have you ever had that happen to you where you're listening to a song, frankly can't stand one of the voices, but they are, you have to admit they're perfect for it, so you can't help but kind of like what they're doing? Anyway, that's what I've been thinking about lately. Very 50-50 about it. Speaking of remixes, Espa's Next Level got the Ice Cream remix treatment as if it didn't already sound like the remix was built into the original song. Anyway, the best of the three is definitely the Habstract remix, so check out that one. I would keep your eyes on Stray Kids and Golden Child's YouTube channels because their albums came out back in August, but throughout September they've still released some music videos for songs off of their new album, so stay tuned for more. It looks like a ton of them are getting the music video treatment. Monsta X's new English single, One Day, deserves a shout out. My only qualm with it is how short it is. And I get that that's intentional. Obviously with all of their English songs, the intent is promotion on English radio, so the shorter the better. It's a vibe, and I just wish it was longer. I also recommend really checking it out more than once, because frankly it sounds forgettable and blah the first time. With a lot of Monsta X songs, it's almost like a shock to your ears by comparison because we're used to their super, super next level busy songs. So relatively speaking, they strip things back so much for their English releases that it's a weird whiplash effect. Not to say their English music is so much worse or anything. I love it all. I'm just saying whenever they do release a song like One Day, it takes time to really digest it, I guess. So make sure you give it more than one listen, and then you'll realize how much it will quickly grow on you. Last recommendation. Obviously, I have to give a shout out to the super sweet new song from Jenhan from Seventeen, Dream. As for my picks for the best English releases of the month, one of my pop queens, Charlie XCX, is back. Good Ones is instantly iconic. Her brand of pop to a T. We love to hear it. And you've got to check out, if you haven't already, Lil Nas X's debut full-length album, Montero. It's just so uniquely him. He's in a lane all of his own making. The songs are just a breath of fresh air. It's so hard to explain, but the lane he's paved for himself is just really cool to see and hear. And I think this song that is way too short, I need a really extended version of it because it's just so good, is ironically, don't want it. My only qualm about it would just be that it had to come out September 17th blocking NCT127's new album from topping all the album charts that week. I'll hold a grudge a bit about that for a while, but maybe revive Old Town Road and do a 500th remix of that song with NCT. That would make up for it in my book, Lil Nas X. The NCT members are already ready with their lassos and cowboy outfits per their last music video, so... That wraps up today's rundown of new music. To hear more about these picks and to get playlist links to all the videos and songs mentioned today, check out my latest at howtostand.substack.com or 17karatkpop.weebly.com in the blog section. Thank you all as always for listening, and I will talk to you all again very, very soon.